With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. The Colin Cowherd Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday podcast. Michael Strahan, who's got, we're going to talk a lot more than, a lot more than football. I mean, Michael Strahan grew up in Germany as a kid, incredibly well-traveled. He's one of the two or three most successful former athletes in terms of television. Um, I mean, Good Morning America, Fox Sundays, uh, 100,000 Pyramid. Uh, I mean, he has just, he has just crushed it. And we'll get to him in a couple of minutes. You know, I was thinking about something before we do, a, a, just a football topic, that um, I never try to convince Tebow fans. I've given up trying to convince them that Tebow can't play. And I'll give you an example of why. Is I just saw a study. The study looked at people who grew up in religious families and were religious themselves. And they focused on people who said they had renounced religion and now considered themselves not religious at all. And they asked those people questions about religion and then compared those answers with people who said they were never religious in the first place. What did the study find? Well, it found that the people who were religious but said they weren't anymore were still notably more religious than people who never believed in religion in the first place. So basically, as much as they tried, they couldn't let go of those beliefs. They still found a lot of truth in religion. This is why it's so hard to get people to stop believing in Tebow. Tebow fans are religious by nature. I don't have to know you to know that. If you're a fan of Tebow, you're more religious than I am. Even if you say I once believed in Tebow, but now I don't anymore, you still probably deeply believe a lot more in Tebow than I do because I never did. Even after you see his abhorrently low completion percentage and stats, you probably still believe a little bit. So the study made complete sense to me. I, I, I can't convince you, if you were once a Tebow fan, that he's insanely below average. It's the reality of his fan base. They are so religious. Even if they had quit religion, there's still a belief with religion. And I think he has a connection that is so much deeper than other athletes do in America. You may like Steph Curry's shot. You may like his game, but you don't go somewhere personal with Steph Curry. And with Tim, you are aligned on a deeply personal level, regardless of if you've ever met him or not. And so I, I think that's why, even though he's disappeared from football for eight years, comes back, 
he still leads the NFL in merchandise sales. Your relationship with Tim goes well beyond even Tom Brady because it's deeper than your relationship with Brady. And with that, Fox Sports NFL analyst, co-host Good Morning America, the Hall of Famer, still holds the record for most sacks in a season, 22 and a half, defensive end 15 years, played all those years with the Giants, early 90s to 2007, and a Super Bowl champ, number 42, Michael Strahan. So, you know, it's funny, Michael, I was thinking about this as I knew I was going to do this interview. So you have Good Morning America, $100,000 pyramid, Fox Sports uh, on Sundays. And it's so funny to me because occasionally I don't consider myself a workaholic. I just get off at noon. So I thought, what the hell? Why can't I start another company? So do you ever? I mean, that's what I think. I'm like, people don't understand, Michael. I just talk. I got people working for me. So when you do all these jobs, does anybody ever come to you and go, Michael, you're just a workaholic. You got to enjoy life. And do you ever think, the hell, you ever done television? As long as you're prep and have your sleep, it's fun. Exactly. And, you know, I think coming from football, I very much think like you. I talk for a living. I've done all the physical stuff that my body allowed me to do for as long as I wanted and could do it. And this is just like gravy on top of everything. So I talk for a living. As you said, you get a lot of you got to have a lot of support. You got to have a lot of people. It's not like we wake up and have to handle everything. We have people kind of put us where we need to be when we need to be there. At least I do. And it just it makes my life a lot easier. But I don't think I'm a workaholic like you. I just feel like I got some time where I can do other things. And I think as you are, I have other interests. So um, I do things that keep me interested in the world and in life and keep me going. And being a football player is one of those things. But when that ended, I was 36. I got a long way to go, my friend. I can't (laughs) quite be done yet. What am I sit at home and talk to my kids? You got to work hard. And they never see me go to work. Kind of hard to do that. So now I think my kids understand what hard work is. And, and I, I I love what I do. Like you, I love what I do. And, and I love seeing you on Sundays at Fox. And the crazy thing is, like you, I fly back and forth all the time to do that show. And I don't do the show financially. Really, no. It's because I love the guys. It's like the team and a locker room and things that I miss. The most from playing football is that I don't miss the pain. I don't miss the practice. I don't the games kind of miss that. It's kind of cool walking out 80,000 people screaming and um, that will never be replaced. But everything else, I try to replace as much as I can with the people I surround myself with. And that's what work gives me. Well, I mean, you grew up military in Germany, so it's it's really interesting. There's not many. I mean, now everything is very global. You were kind of a global citizen. That's very NBA. That That's very soccer. You were like a global citizen yeah. as an NFL guy. And it's funny because I was just talking to a friend the other day about this. Um, I want to go to Switzerland. I want to take my kids to Switzerland. Yeah. They want to go. And he goes, well, it's got a Germany feel. It's kind of boring. They work hard and that's it. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and he goes, you got to remember in Europe, he goes, the, uh, the Greeks are having a blast. The Italians are drinking wine. The Spaniards are partying. Germans? Work, save money, make money. So exactly, what, well, they drink beer at beer at, at 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 you know at their lunch break. So they have some fun. What do you remember though? Because you're you're younger. I mean, is there, do you have this like memory of Germany that stays with you? I mean, I have four or five little childhood memories. Not a lot, you know, trips to Mount Rainier in Seattle or you know trips vacate. What if I said to you, Germany, strongest memory? Um, every Friday night, going with my parents to the Schuston house and having a cut on blue or a schnitzel with fries and having the lady at the Schuston house when I was a kid squeeze my cheeks every single Friday. How do you say cute in German? That's what she used to do. It grab my cheeks every freaking Friday. So I just remember, you know, being with my family and. And of course, you remember the Autobahn. I'm a car fanatic. So um, watching cars fly up and down the Autobahn and do all that stuff. Yeah, I, re- I remember those things. But I, one thing I do appreciate about growing up over there, that it, just the um, being around different people and different cultures and being able to travel. My dad and I used to go to Spain every year and go fishing together and just we Australia. Uh, not Australia, but like um, we used to go skiing 
and um, Switzerland. Um, we used to do all that for school trips. I mean, how awesome is that? So those are the things that I remember is just, like you said, being a world citizen and understanding that the world's a lot bigger than the place that most guys just grow up and they never leave or they go back to in the off season. And for me, I used to go to Germany and, and now I love to take my kids on trips up to Europe and, and, and I've taken them to South Africa, you name it, just so that they can see that the world's a lot bigger than just the environment that they grow up in every day. I sent my daughter uh, to Cape Town for the summer uh, for a leadership uh, council. She loved it. Two months there. I, yeah, I could live there. I mean, I've, I've taken my trips, my kids all around the world. That by far is the one trip they say we want to go back. They want to go back to South Africa. They want to go back to Cape Town. They want to go back on safari. And you, you kind of, you get on some of these trips and you kind of think, well, maybe this is, is an adult trip. And I have my kids here. And even though they're like my youngest at the time, my twins were maybe 12 and I had gone to South Africa before, but I wanted them to go back when it could, it could, it could really be a memory for them. And I took my older kids with me as well. And you're on safari and you're waking up early in the morning for a morning ride. You're waking up in the afternoon, you're going on a night ride, you're going on a midday ride. The last day comes around and you're, they're like, okay, you guys, you can either go on a ride before you take off or you leave, or you can just relax. And everybody's like, we want to go out again. They, it's so it's so interesting. And I found it's the best trip because of the trip that they learn so much and just nature and seeing these animals in their natural habitat. Like you're walking down the street and, uh, and not saying like you're walking down the street, there's a lion there, but there's a potential. And you realize, God, I paid all this money for a vacation I could potentially die on. I don't know how smart <laughs> that is. But I, I love South Africa. It's my favorite trip, my family's favorite trip we've ever taken. If I said to you, you're, you're my travel guide, little overrated, don't waste my money. You've given me mm -hmm. Cape Town's the best. So give me underrated and a little overrated in Europe. Underrated for me, one of the best trips I had. Croatia. I've heard that. Jesse Palmer told me that. Man, I, I thought, oh, I'm going to Croatia. Well, you know, okay, it's someplace different than we've gone before. Fan freaking tastic. Why? Why? The people, just the culture, the easiness of it, the the it was sexier than I thought. It was, I mean, just an amazing trip. And 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 I don't know, something special about Croatia. And, and, and not that I've ever had a bad trip to Europe. And I must say, like Germany, I love Germany. It was incredible to grow up there. I don't necessarily look and think, oh, let's book a trip to Germany, per se. Right. And if, it, and if I do, it will be kind of a pass through on the way to somewhere else. But I, did, I do like Berlin and some of the other major cities like that. And they do have the great castles and the great history. So I enjoyed all of that. And another trip that I took um, before the pandemic hit, um, Israel. That was special. Israel was special. Nice beaches. Nice beaches. Um, incredible history. If you're religious or not, the religious history and, and just, just walking through the steps there uh, that Jesus walked through. And, and even though in a lot of ways, a lot of it has been commercialized, but to just go there and see it and be a part of it and get the feeling of it and seeing how how committed people are to their beliefs and their religion and their people was, was really special. Yeah, I doubt Jesus walked past a Burger King, but nonetheless, it was really special. <laughs> no, Chick-fil-A, what are you talking about? Shake Shack. <laughs> um, so we do have some news today. Jim Fossil, mm -hmm. your, yeah. one of your coaches, passed away. Um, his son, of course, is special teams coach. What is your strongest memory of Jim? Well, well, first of all, so I want to say I've had I've had a lot of people reach out to me to comment on this. And um, I just want people to understand I, I really haven't talked to anybody about it. And, I, and you and I, we've had this 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 talk set up for a long time. So I don't want anybody else out there, my friends and other who are has asked me and um, I haven't had a chance to get back to them that I'm dissing them. But you and I've had this, like I said, set up And my my best memory of Jim Fossil. Literally, I loved it. He was a great coach and, and he was a great guy to be around. And people got this thing that I always say he's a player's coach. But what I meant by that, and I think because he was from California, he had this whole laid back demeanor to people 
that they thought that 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 Coach Fossil was this laid back, chill guy. Players get what they want. No, he was tough. I've never had practices as tough as him as his. I I mean, this guy was was a piece of work, and they're the reason that we won three division championships in his seven years. We went to a Super Bowl, and my best memory with him is just com- converse, having conversations. He treated you with respect. He treated you like a human being, as not just a football player. And he's the kind of guy you wanted to play for. And I think that when I look at his legacy, especially with the Giants, I mean, this is a guy that took the team that he inherited that at the point was on the downswing and won coach of the year and, and, and beat the Minnesota Vikings who were whipping everybody 41 to nothing to go to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl didn't work out the way that we wanted, but he was an incredible coach. And my biggest, not, not my biggest regret, but the one thing that I looked at and upset to me the most is that he didn't get another chance to coach somewhere else. Because I've seen coaches who have not had anywhere near his success get chances to coach again in this league and didn't have success there either. And I've never quite understood that. But all I know is that I had an incredible time with him. He was the most, the most important coach at that point in my life, um, probably ever. Because I made my first Pro Bowls with him. He gave me the freedom to be a player and to be a leader and, and to get out on the football field and, and just play uninhibited, not worried about getting on the sideline and, and making a mistake. But, you know, if you did make a mistake, get out there and make up for it. He was just an incredible coach who empowered his players and he empowered me to have the career that I've had. It was no secret that I had the success with Jim Fossil in my career that I had. It was all a product of him and his coaching staff. And, and I, I love him and his family and, and I, and I, you know, send my love and my condolences to the kitty and the kids and, and the grandkids. And, you know, and I just, I just, I just hope that they hang in there and I'm always here for them if they need me. The Colin Coward podcast, proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel fantasy before. Great. FanDuel's offering users the chance to play free. No deposit required. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel's offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. It's sweet. Why do you plan FanDuel? Well, the FanDuel Fantasy is an easy, easy to use app. You pick a new team every game. You compete for top cash payouts. Compete against your buddies in head-to-head matchups. For new users, FanDuel's offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with their 20% deposit match. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Cowherd. That's it. FanDuel.com slash Cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash Cowherd. They know we sent you there. FanDuel, just more ways to win. So you're a sports fan, right? That's why you're listening. But if you're considering getting in on the fun of sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to bet smarter and turn a profit betting on sports. In fact, their free Action Network app, free, recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can, one, see the latest picks and articles from the Action Network gambling experts, two, compare odds from different sports books, and three, track every bet you make so you always know how your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. 
Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. When I, I'm not surprised by your success. Um, I remember interviewing Charles Barkley when I was a reporter and he was really genuinely funny and it was like, oh, he's going to be successful. And, you know, Tony Romo, you're like, he's going to be successful. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't get to cover you though. So I didn't get Michael Strahan on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and the t- in the markets I worked in early in my career, you just you weren't there. And football's different. A guy comes into town, I get one yeah. shot at him, you're gone. And usually we go for the offensive players, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I know. I know. Always offense. We get it. <laughs> was was there a moment, Michael, for you? I mean, you're you're naturally you're a, a high verbal, but was there a moment you're sitting watching TV. I can do that. Or what was the epiphany? What was the light bulb moment for you? And you're like, shit, man, this TV thing, I think I can do it. Did somebody lead you there or did you lead you there? Well, I think, um, I think my whole career has been watching people do stuff and think I can do it. I played football one year in high school because I used to watch in Germany. We call it Tuesday morning football because Monday night is Tuesday morning there. And I used to, Wake, go to bed early and wake up early before I went to school to see that, to watch and think, oh, I can do that. And my dad had more belief in me than anybody. So he sent me to the state to get a scholarship, which at the end of the day, leaving Texas Southern led me here. And um, after football, I think because I didn't grow up playing football and I never thought that football was the only thing that I could do. That I and my dad had a win, not if type of attitude. That was his thing. He always said when. He never. My dad never told me if, Colin. So I never had doubt that if I tried something that was going to work out. And granted, not everything has worked out. Believe me, but everything that I've failed at, I've used the learning tool to help me do the next thing. And TV, of course, you watch people. You think that you can do that, but it's a lot harder. What you do now on radio, what you do on TV, and and what it's a lot harder. Then it looks, and one of the hardest things for people to do, you see so many great athletes, they have great personalities, but the second the camera hits them, you're like, where is it? I know. Because it's hard to be yourself in front of the camera. And I think that's the biggest trick. And then to be an athlete, for me, the biggest challenge doing what I do now is you're so used to, as I'm sitting here with you now, you're asking me questions, right? How is it when you have to ask other people questions? You have to be interested in them and what they do. It's not about you. You have to remove yourself, remove your ego if you have one. That is the hardest thing I think about being on radio or being on TV 
is that it really isn't about you. And you have to learn to ask questions, not always be the one who's being asked a question. So, yeah, I always thought I could do it. But once I got into it, I realized just how hard it was. And I had to work at it as hard as I worked at playing football. Plain and simple. It's not easy at all. On Good Morning America, there's some politics involved. And I'm I'm not mm-hmm. apolitical. I tend to be socially. I'm left. Um, you know, I was I was pro-gay marriage before Obama. I grew up in Washington State, so I was pro-marijuana legalization. <laughs> you yeah. had to be. I was surrounded <laughs> by plants. Exactly. Uh, so I, I'm pretty socially left. Fiscally, I can be moderate to right. You know, I'm I'm a business mm-hmm. guy. I'm a capitalist. Um, yeah. You, so, and, and people have said, um, you know, you're calling you, you don't talk politics. And, and my takeaway is I think I don't have to talk about everything I believe in. Like I, yeah. I, I can just talk football and basketball because that's what my audience wants. I, when I don't, when I think of you, I don't even think politics yet. You're on a show that talks politics and yeah. it's really funny. I'm guessing here. I have no inside information. But I've said before, I would vote. I was not a Trump fan at all, but I, but I would vote for a conservative. Uh, I voted for Obama despite very little experience in politics because I, I liked the man. I just thought he was intellectual enough to figure yeah. crap out if you put him in the White House. That's kind of my rule yeah. on life. And I don't think of you. Nothing comes up in politics, although you're too smart not to have opinions on politics. And Absolutely. do you purposely avoid it? Or is this, are you somebody that embraces both sides? Where if I could ask, kind of, I don't even think of you as having a political stand, but I know you're in the middle of it all the time. Well, I think that as as anybody that just thinks that their side is the only side and the only thing that's right and and, and the other side's always wrong, I think you shortchange yourself. I, I think one thing about, you know, being in this country is you have to listen, you have to learn, you have to understand why other people think that the, the way that they think. And for me, I definitely have my opinions about politics and I cover politics. But as you said, in this job of what you're doing, people say, why did you talk about politics? This is your, your job isn't necessarily to talk about politics. Um, your job is to talk about sports. And if politics intersects with it, then you can have that conversation. For me, my job is to discuss politics and discuss what's going on in the world on GMA but my job isn't necessarily to give you my opinion. My job is to give you information so you can form your own opinion off the information that you're given, which is the information on what the truth is. So my job is to try to tell you the truth and you make your own decision. And I'm not here to convince you to believe what I believe. And um, but we can have a discussion and I'm gladly open to having discussions. But for work, my job is to deliver information. And it's no different than politics or anything else that happens in this world. Deliver you the information. You make your decision on what you think about it. And one of the hardest things sometimes is not to jump in and say, well, come on. You believe it? Oh, come on. That's garbage. Or this. It's not my job to do that. My job is to be objective. And, um, and, and I think that's the hard thing about the job. But I also think it's the right thing about the job, because I don't think the news and, and being in the media, your job is necessarily to sway somebody to believe your thoughts. It's just that the job of you is just to give them the information that they need to develop their own. I have this feeling. Most of my friends are not in television and radio. Almost none of them. Um, Mine either. Crazy. Almost none. It's nothing against them. But I, you know, I tell people I'm married and divorced and remarried. Neither wife likes sports. Neither ever listened to me. <laughs> and I, I always say this is I go, I can, I can disconnect. Like I don't want to talk sports when I get home. That's not my yeah. thing. My wife's an artist, a designer. I want to enter your world. And people yeah. have said, <laughs> you know, I can't believe. And I'm like, I don't want my wife to to wear a Baker Mayfield Jersey when I get home. That's not what I'm like if I said to you, you don't even have to tell me the people. I'm going to say, Michael, your five best friends. Don't tell me the names. What do they do? Mm-hmm. Oh, one is in sports, and I'll give you the name, Jay Glazer. I mean, obviously. All right. But the crazy thing is, Jay and I, we don't talk sports. I think Jay and I have just been friends for 28 years to the point where we talk about life. We talk about our kids. And um, we talk about, you know, we really don't talk sports. Even on Sundays when we see each other. We laugh and we joke about everything else in memories of what happened, what we've been through 
in our lives. It's more we just crack jokes on each other. So Jay, who's in sports, um, one is a doctor. Um, the others are finance guys, the finance business. Um, one is just a businesswoman who runs a variety of different businesses. And um, yes, yeah, mostly finance, medical, and one TV guy. And most of my friends, to be honest with you, I have my friends. Most of my friends are retired cops. Um, my golfing buddy who I play more golf with than any, with anybody is worked in a restaurant. So he's been unemployed for over a year. So I, I like being around normal people and not saying that you're not normal if you have a high profile job, but I just like being around people who their, their lives are so different from mine. I don't want somebody who I have to talk about work with all the time. That's no fun. I want to leave work at work and come home and, and have a different life. And it's funny when my kids, they say, what are you doing today, dad? Cause I said, well, this is my schedule. That's my schedule. This is when I'll be home. And today I said, I have a podcast with Colin. And like, you know, I get a text message. Good luck on your podcast. Like when I get home, they'll go, how was your podcast? I thought it was great. And then we'll talk about homework. We'll talk about how much school work they have left before the school ends. how many days they have left, which is two before the school end before school ends. So I like my life to be very separate and I like to have diverse interests. And I think that's why my career is different. It's not so centered just on sports. Okay. I'm going to throw a sports one at you. I want, here's a hypothetical. This is, this is a hype. I do like, I like theories and hypotheticals. Let's do it. Okay. Give it to me. What if I told you, Michael Strand, there's this guy, he's considered the greatest quarterback of all time, has all the records, rings, MVPs. Mm -hmm. Nobody could beat him except for this okay. other guy who beat him twice in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Wouldn't that make the other guy the greatest quarterback of all time? Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It means that the other guy, team, because football is not one person, the other guy's team showed up and probably played better as a team. All right. And finished strong. And that that guy showed up and had his biggest moment or moments at the biggest time. And the other guy had a lot of big moments and a lot of time to do it, which I am quite jealous of. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, here's what's funny. So the first time you beat them, I'm in New York. I'm at an Irish bar. It's oh the it's week 17. You lose to New England. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching that game and thinking, shit, they're not that far off. No. And then and then you go to the Super Bowl. Michael, the very first play, New England tried some reverse or something clever. Boom, stuffed it. And I remember thinking, okay, this this reminds me a little of week 17 where you were winning one-on-one -on -one battles. Go back to week 17, the first time you played New England. Okay, they wrap it up. They go undefeated. You're leaving the field. Was there something in your mind saying, we're not, that that game was closer than people think? Man, I, you know, I said this earlier today, had we not beaten, had we not played them in week 17, I don't think we won the Super Bowl. I think when we played them week 17, we had already locked up the uh, the spot in the playoffs. We were going to play Tampa the next week. Yeah, I remember in the meetings and the coaches really aren't putting in a game plan because they're like, well, we don't want to put in much because we put it in. We got to see the uh, Bucks next week. We don't want to give anything away. So we're going to go out here and have a very vanilla um, offensive defense this week. And we were wondering if we were going to play or not, if, if Coughlin was going to rest us. And I, I'll never forget, and I remember saying it in my pregame speech because it pretty much came from Coughlin, that, hey, they're not resting their guys. Why are we resting our guys? And if we got to be out here to play, let's play. And, and the bottom line was the right decision because you see teams rest their star players when there's nothing to play for. But that game gave us so much confidence, especially as a team that no one expected anything from. And we're walking off the field. And, and like yesterday, I remember this. OC Human Europe 
put his arm around me and said, Stray, if we or when we when we see them again, we will beat them. And first thought in my mind was, first of all, I wasn't thinking that because I'm thinking, well, we got a long way to go. Only way we see them is in a Super Bowl. And I know we've been a little hot, but I don't know if we're that hot yet. I never thought that. But OC and the younger guys had that in their mind. I was more focused on the next week. And um, lo and behold, we, we beat Green Bay and we're going to the Super Bowl. And everyone thought we had no shot. Uh, you, you felt it. Yeah, uh, but for some reason we were the most relaxed we'd ever been. We were chill at practice was fun. Coughlin to order the in and out burger truck, and he's out there slopping down two in and out burgers. That was a sight to see. It just showed how relaxed we were. And my message to the guys was: relax. It's just football. The same thing that got us here is going to be the thing that's going to help us win. Just the practice is practice. Football is football. But then they were too relaxed, in my opinion. But after saying relax. I couldn't tell them not to relax, to, to like unrelax. So I had to roll with it. And, and it was just a sense of confidence that we had. And I knew it when we had it that morning. We walked down to breakfast before the game and same guy, OC. I don't know why I was the guy I decided to talk to all the time. But he looked at me and he goes, Stray, we got to get to Tom Brady to win this game. If we don't get to Tom Brady, we're not going to win this game. And I'm thinking, what you been, you've been watching TV? Because that's what everybody's saying. Like, woo, that's, that's some good analysis. OC, you got a future in TV, <laughs> which he's gone on to have an incredible future in TV over in Europe. Um, so, but when he said it, it was a look in his eye that I hadn't seen all week. Like, it was a focus. It was a, it's game day. We're ready. And we got on that field, and from that first play, you realize everybody's locked in. It's the one game we have 11 guys on that field and all 11 are locked in. There's a lot like, not like nine and two guys are not focused. All 11 on both sides of the ball were locked in and the results ended up being what they were. And that's us giving what I call the greatest upset in football history. I remember it well. I lived in Connecticut. And it, I, all I remember, I remember... The final week 17, you guys winning some personal battles on the D-line. And then I remember in the first series thinking, oh, shit, Giants are winning all those battles up front. This is going to be low score. All I remember is thinking, it's going to be low scoring. If you're losing those battles in the first series, you're not going to win them later. Which is crazy, though, because they were scoring, like, what, 35 points a game? And, And believe me, we're hitting Tom so fast, like, Guys are in the backfield before you felt like you came off the line of scrimmage. You're like, shit, how'd Tuck get back there? How'd Osi get back there? How could Vika Mitchell get back there? How'd Fred Robbins get back there? How'd Barry Cofield get back there? Guys are hitting him so frequently and so fast and in his face and just in his passing lane, hands up, had him scrambling. And it felt as if, like, are they tricking us? Are they making it easy just to turn it up? Like, what's going on? But once I saw Tom get upset, slam the ball down a few times, yell at a few guys, I said, we're that good right now. We're rolling. And we just got to keep it going. Can we maintain it for four quarters? That was the question. But I think we had enough guys who were hungry enough and enough of a rotation on defense and everywhere else on our team that we were able to maintain it. Enough. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms.
Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. You're a big personality. You crushed in New York. Jeter talks, never says anything. Same with Eli. Eli never says yeah. anything, but he, he he can talk forever. It it's funny. <laughs> the 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 new I mean, as a Southern kid, the New York media really embraced Eli. I mean, mm -hmm. he doesn't fit. If I'd have told you Southern kid, brother to Peyton, everybody loved Eli. They just love yeah. Eli. And yet, did the media embrace you in New York that quickly? Or did no. it take a while? It took a while, man. I don't know if they ever really embraced me. Because oh, I was on. hard on them. They were hard on me. I was hard on them, pal. I didn't give them up. You, you know what it was? I was the second pick uh, in the draft, second round. They didn't have a first round pick, but they picked Dave Brown in the supplemental draft. So I was technically the first pick, 40th overall. I came out in the year with Eric Curry, John Copeland, Coleman Rudolph, Carl Simpson, Dan Williams. Um, um, who else was that? Todd Kelly. All these guys picked in front of me in the draft. I think when I came to New York, no one really knew. I came out of Texas Southern University. 19 sacks my senior year, 40-something sacks in college. Like, I was great. But they said, oh, this is that the TSU, HBCU, the competition, all these excuses. So I don't think they really expected much of me. I was going to be a guy who came through, a draft pick they took a chance on that I think that a lot of people felt may last a few, a little while, may give them a little something here and there, but never had the career that I had. But at the same time, that was a motivating factor to me. And the media, at times... I wasn't probably the easiest guy to deal with. I was joyful and I was funny and I great, gave say, great sound bites. But if you came at me wrong, I came back at, oh, if you, people don't know not to call me while I'm on this thing. But if, I, if you came at me wrong, I didn't take it. I came back at you in the media. But by the end of my career, the last three years of my career, I got divorced. As you said, you know, you're married, divorced, married, whatever. I got divorced, man. It was the hardest thing I'd ever gone through in my life, especially you're on the front cover of the paper for being a great, like a worst husband and getting divorced. And you're on the back cover of the paper for being this incredible football player. But it taught me not to really care anymore. So when it came to the media, I was more upset when they talked about my teammates than I ever was about me because I realized you couldn't do what I was doing. I could do and talk about people like you're talking about. You can't put on a uniform and go out there and perform on the field. So your opinion really didn't matter to me anymore. And I embraced that. I also embraced the fact that you kind of need me to do your job. I don't need to talk to you. So <laughs> I would come I would come in and tell the media, I only talk two days a week. I told our PR guy, I only got to talk two days a week. 
So I would come into the locker room every day. I'd talk to the media, knew everybody's name, would joke with them and say, hey, you know, your wife still married to you. Let her know it's still not too late. My God, she hadn't realized it yet. Like, I used to mess with guys. We have fun. But if they asked me one football question on the day that I said that I would not talk about football, I would shut it down and say, come on, man, you know how to talk about football. And I walk away. Like, I controlled the narrative by the end of my career and controlled the conversation with the media. And I think that by doing that, I made myself more interesting to them because they saw me probably as volatile. I saw it as I'm learning to play your game. Were you using me? Well, I'm going to learn to use you. And, um, and it worked to my benefit. Plus, I used to tell the young guys all the time, being here in New York, there's a lot of things to do, a lot of clubs to go to, a lot of parties, a lot of people. If you're supposed to be a huge star or if you're supposed to be special, and you show up at a club every night. You're just another patron, right? Pretty soon, your star factor diminishes. You're just another patron who comes to the club, and it's not so such a big deal who you are. Scarcity. So scarcity of my conversations with the media, scarcity of my answers about what was coming up in, in the game or my thoughts on the game created a buzz around talking to me. So I realized when I did show up at a club or when I did give a comment in the paper, it was going to be a bigger deal. So I understood how to play the game. I kind of figured it out just by being here and just had to learn those things. Boy, that's smart. Jack Nicholson, the great Jack Nicholson, would not mm -hmm. go on late night shows to talk about his movie. He says, I, I want to be a little bit of an enigma, a little yeah. bit of a mystery. To your point, then the appearances out. are special. Mm-hmm. And okay. how'd that work out for him? He did all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have a you have a clothing line. You've been on this thing for I think three years or longer. Well, it depends. You know, we've had our um, MSX line, and now we we have our uh, our NFL um, collection, NFL online, and that's been about two years. Our MSX line's been about five years, which is our athleisure brand. And our suit collection line has been about seven years now. So it's been a while. We've been at this for quite a while, man. And it's a lot of fun. It's a different muscle to exercise. Well, I was going to say, somebody once told me about this. They said, when you go in these side businesses as a celebrity, a lot of celebrities think, I just put my name on it. Doesn't work. Doesn't work that way. Michael, you got to go. You got to make calls to, you know, banks. And I mean, you've probably found this out. TV is easy, and then you get into yeah. a, this business, and it's, it's work. It is work. And one thing I found out as well, it's a lot of work. And if you want a business to succeed, all the energy that I put into football, I have to put into these other businesses. I have to put into TV. So all these businesses take up a lot more time than football ever took up. Not physically. Or physically, in a way, because I have to be there and I have to be present. But mentally, it's exhausting. It takes a lot of time. But I love it. And if you want something bad enough and you believe in something bad enough, you have to work hard at it. And the clothing business for me is something that's organic. I mean, I'm in suits every day. I want to look good. I want to dress nice. I'm, I'm casual in between. I want to, you know, look a certain way when I hit the gym or athleisure is very important or work leisure where I want to be able to work, but yet be comfortable and yet be able to go run throughout my day without having to change 20 outfits. So all those things require for me to be in meetings, to be present to give my opinion and let people know my style, because if I'm not going to wear it, who the hell else is going to wear it? So all these things are a reflection of me and my lifestyle and what I like and what I wear and everything I wear is, is my brand. And it's kind of embarrassing. You put on my underwear with your name on it, but Hey, it is what it is. And Jay Glazer always said, Hey man, I'll wear anything. And he all, he comes to the office and he just loads up on everything. But he's like, I refuse to wear the underwear. I, I just can't have your name around my waist. But Terry and Howie and Jimmy and all these guys, they wear it. And they, they said everything. They love it. They absolutely love it. They, it, it. So that makes me proud and happy to see my friends appreciate what I do and to see people in the street at airports or whatever wearing it and coming up to me because it lets me all the hard work is paying off. MSX by MichaelStrahan.com, available at Men's Warehouse. Uh, his two men and boys clothing lines called Collection by Michael Strahan and MSX by Michael Strahan. You're busy. You didn't have to do this. You did. You've always been great to me. I appreciate it, Michael. Thank you. 
Hey, I appreciate it, man. I always I love it. But can't wait to get out there in um, September and see you in the studio when it is football season, baby. Because, um, you know, it's amazing. The season flies by. The older you get, the more you, you do this, it flies by. And I miss my guys. Can't wait to get back there with you guys and start this whole season, next season over again. Thanks, Michael. All right, bud. Thanks. All right, great stuff with Strahan. Stray's a good dude. Follow us at The Volume Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Rate, review, and subscribe. Fun stuff, a little football in the middle of NBA playoffs. We wouldn't do it for anybody, but you get Michael Strahan, of course, we're going to talk to him. By the way, what he showed me before we did the interview, I'm not going to show you, but what he showed me is his car collection. Wow. First of all, he's got a really big garage. Secondly, next to Jerry Seinfeld, that's the most, well, maybe Jay Leno too. That's one of the most incredible high-end car collections I've ever seen. Dude loves his automobiles. I mean, come on, he grew up in Germany. Autobahn, of course he does. See you soon. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.